worship him. So let's start our program this morning by this beautiful song. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Won't you stand with us as we sing that song? And uh, they came at, 
At the time it started, and they say that the last dog was dead, and our house was crowded and couldn't move. And uh, one church I did it once about halfway through, I said, if you were here at 4 o'clock, it's now 5 o'clock, it's time for you to go. <laughs> so uh, if you hear that from me, it doesn't, no, no bad feelings. We want to invite you into our home. Actually, it is your home. And it's your place, and we want to, we are just the inhabitants of that as your pastor and wife, and we want to invite all of you to come. We've scheduled it four to six uh, because it does get dark a little bit earlier, and wanted some of you to feel comfortable that you can come, but you know it's going to get dark. So then that is the incentive for you to go. It's time to go. Where go, Ken? <laughs> I hope you're planning on coming that evening, December the 17th. We are going to, this Sunday is uh, the first Sunday for, uh, to introduce our Christ's birthday uh, observance that we do at the church and the Church of God uh, through the month of October, or excuse me, month of December. This is December. I, I, I think sometimes I just got here in April. <laughs> So uh, this is December. Where has this year gone? And uh, the Christ Birthday Observance is a, a program that the uh, women of the Church of God or the uh, Christian Women's Connection. Hey, I know back when it was the Missionary Society, I still talk about the Missionary Society. It's not that anymore. It's the same thing. Christian Connection, Women's Connection. I get it. Anyhow, they are sponsored this. This goes to our missions around the world. I think we've got a little video on here that will help explain a little bit more about Christ's birthday offering. Love Gives is more than just a theme or title. It is a way for us as God's children to step into the Advent season with generous hearts and open minds. This Christmas, our hope is to unite as brothers and sisters in Christ to show the world how God gave His Son to show us what love truly is. Your offering is being used in so many large and practical ways to bless those around the world. Take a look at this clip from missionary Rhonda Phillips who has been blessed by the love given through our Christ's birthday of Lemons. I'm Rhonda Phillips, and um, my husband and I are missionaries in Berlin, Germany with Pink Door. And because love gives, for 30 years we have been the recipients of that love from Christian Women Connection. Through the linen chest, through the clothing allowance, through washing machines that you um, provide for us on the field. So yes, because love gives, for 30 years, we have, we have been loved and feel loved. Our prayer is that you will take this opportunity to give to the combined ministry efforts of Christian Women Connection at the Church of God in the largest offering in the movement's history. Join us in sharing God's love by giving to those in need and showing compassion to the least of these. Christmas Eve, December 24th, in that morning service. So please uh, plan now and pray about what perhaps would be your part. One of the announcements I did fail to give 
that is uh, Bryce is not feeling well and will, will not be here this morning. And the youth are going to be meeting with Miss Barbara upstairs in the young adult classroom. Hey, we're glad to have Miss Barbara back working and doing your job. We appreciate all you do, Barbara. And uh, we, I, I wanted to let you know you so you wouldn't, you wouldn't depart because Barbara is here. Okay, let's continue with There's a Song in the Air. What are you saying?
Jesus is love. God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Because we know him, we know what love is. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. 1 John 3.16 Our deepest longing is to be loved into love, longing for rescue, longing for help, longing to, see, to be seen and heard, longing to be loved fully, without reservations, consistent love, Longing for a place to belong, someone to belong to, a holy family to be enveloped in. Where do we find these things? Where must we look? Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the one who made everything that is, including you and me. Psalms 121, 1 through 2. Our helper has come. Our, our helper who is always leading us to Jesus, who has made way for us to belong to himself and his Father, to be a child in his holy family. Our longing is fulfilled by Jesus, who has given us a place with him, a seat in heaven, a place in his home. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. As we light this candle of hope today, may we, may we remember that we are now living in the age of His grace, unending kindness, and abounding love. We've seen and heard. We do belong to Him. Every longing in our hearts is satisfied.
work in each of these labs. But we thank you again for the opportunity and the privilege to come back out to worship this morning. We ask you to be with her in our service this morning. Be with Pastor Dan as he brings a message. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
weeks ago before Thanksgiving that this was going to be a time, a series of sermons and sharing times on Christmas and Thanksgiving. And we began the series with a time of, hey, what do we need to do to prepare for Christmas? And that was the time of Thanksgiving. We talked about how it was important that we need to give thanks for what we have. That to give thanks means to give of ourselves. To give thanks is to look on others that have not. Last week we had a service of Thanksgiving. We sang all of these old songs that have been around for about 400 years. And um, we sang about Thanksgiving, what it was like to come together as a family. Today I want to talk about being afraid of Christmas. Now this is the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't that right? What they say. But for some, it isn't the most wonderful time of the year. For some, it is a time of sadness. It's a time of despair. It's a time of loneliness. It's a time of coming to reckon what their life really means. When we come into Christmas, some of our fears are not having enough money for buying gifts for the kids or the grandkids or those that we love so much and we want to give to. It's the fear of not having enough time to spend with family, to spend with loved ones. It's a time of wondering about your family. For Lynn and I, ours are scattered all over the country. We don't know what they're up to today or what they were up to last Thursday. But we wondered about where our family was and what they were doing if they really understood the real reason for Thanksgiving. Some of us wondered if we're going to be alone this Christmas. And it's a fear that grows within us. But Christmas should be a time of a reminder of our relationship with God, putting these other fears aside and thinking about our relationship with God. The most important question as we think about Christmas is this, folks. Where will you and I spend eternity? You see, that's what Christmas is all about. Where are you going to spend your life when it's all over? When it's all said and done? That's what Christmas is about. We ask the question, am I, am I worthy of Christmas? Have I given the Christ child enough attention? I want to read some scripture this morning, starting from Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to, I, I think at the bulletin it says starting with verse 30, but I'm going to start with verse 28. And it says this, And coming in, the angel said to Mary, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel continued to her, do not be afraid. There is that word that we want to talk a little bit about this morning. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him Jesus, 
And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Where did we learn about fear? You know, the word fear or uh, a form of fear is used 365 times in Scripture. The term fear not. If you think about that, fear 365, that's one for each day of our lives if we can count that far. But when we first read about fear in Scripture, we discover in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, that it was Adam that heard the sound of God in the garden. And he was afraid. You hear that fear and where it came from? Fear did not come from God. Fear comes from the devil. Did you know that? He is the author of darkness. He's the author of despair. He's the author of confusion that our God is a God of love. We hear Adam being afraid and hid from the Lord. There was Moses in the burning bush. That as he was out shepherding the flocks of his father-in-law's sheep. He looked up on the edge of the mountain and he saw a tree that was on fire. We call it the burning bush. And he said, what is this? The scripture also talks about his fear. What was going on, what was taking place as he approached this burning bush? And out of the bush came this voice that said, Moses, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. What a fear must have gone through him. And it says that Moses hid his face. Isaiah was approached by the presence of God. Invited into the temple. And as he gets this vision of the temple. And he sees the angels. And he sees the Lord. And Isaiah bows and he says, Woe is me. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. And let's take it to the New Testament a little bit. Remember when the shepherds were out in their field watching their sheep by night and a host of angels appeared in the sky. Scripture says that the shepherds were terribly what? Frightened. This fear. And then to Joseph, the angel came to Joseph to announce that he was about to be an addict. He said to Joseph, do not be afraid. I want to say to you this morning, do not be afraid of Christmas. 
You know, sometimes fear is rooted in our belief that God is out to get us. And fear creates a, a, a discomfort, a crippling, an uncertainty in our life. What's next? God says to us, do not be afraid. I know of circumstances in many of your lives. Things that you are going through this year that you were not having to go through last year. This was the first year that, and we enjoyed it, frankly, on Thanksgiving Day. Lynn and me had an empty nest, no kids coming to visit us, nobody else, just me and her in the football game. And we did just fine. The different circumstances that comes our way. And the Lord says to us, whatever is taking place in your circumstances, in your life, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of Christmas this year because it has a wonderful message that if we can grasp the whole of it, it will see us through life. three things that is in this scripture that points us to why we should have no fear this Christmas. The first one is this. Don't be afraid because realize that as a child of God, you belong to him. You don't belong to this world. Folks, we're, we're, we're just passing through. Our treasures laid out somewhere beyond the blue. Amen? Realize that you belong to God. You have found favor with God. When this angel came to Mary and said, Hail, favored one. You're God's favorite. And he says that to each and every one of us this Christmas. You found favor with God. Why? Not because of your works, but because of your faith and because of God's grace. You belong to Him. You have sought to understand the heart of God. And we can see this fear evaporate from our life when we can see ourselves as God sees us. You know, uh, my children at one time or other said that they used to be afraid of me. I don't know what's happened through the years, but I don't think they're afraid one bit for me now. You know why? Because I think they understand me a little bit better. And they understand that I am their parent, but I'm also their friend. And you know, that's what we need to understand with God, that we are his favored, favored ones. We have found favor with him because of our acceptance of Christ into our life. And that we can see him not only as our God, but we can see God also as our Heavenly Father and friend. There's an old hymn in the church that we used to say, there's not a friend like Jesus. Realize this morning you belong to God and you have no fear. God the Almighty, who is in everything and 
Scripture says, Peter says, that God is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. John 1.12 says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You belong to him. I want you to verbalize that this morning. I don't want you to go to sleep on me, but I want you to verbalize that confession this morning. I belong to God. Did you say that this morning? I belong to God. You don't believe that? Amen. Number two. Why we should not be afraid this Christmas is that we are powerful people. Notice in third, verse 35 that we read. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Gabriel tells Mary she doesn't have to fear of what is about to take place in her life. Her circumstances. Those things happening around her. Those things that she cannot comprehend or understand. Says you don't, you don't need to be afraid of that. Because of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives you and I hope this morning as we celebrate the candle of hope. We are powerful people because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. you know that? Amen. The Holy Spirit is the third part of what we call the Trinity. There's God the Father. God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, all three in one. And they all have a different personality, a part of our life. And the Holy Spirit's part is to drive away those fears and give us a power not known unto man. It's a miraculous power. And because Mary had accepted the, the message of the angel to her, because she had accepted his message, she became so powerful in her whole life. This was the beginning of what we come to know as the gospel. Verse 37 says, nothing will be impossible with God. And I want you to know in your life and in my life this Christmas, nothing will be impossible with God. Can you say that with me this morning? Nothing will be impossible with God. Those difficult needs in your life, whether it be physically, or whether it be the unknown, whether it be circumstances beyond our control, maybe it's doubt, or maybe it is fear. Remember this, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, He gives us peace, and He gives us hope, and nothing will be impossible to Him in you. As we accept his power in us. Scripture says even a virgin shall give birth. It's kind of impossible by our understanding, isn't it? Huh? A virgin giving birth. I'm going to ask you this morning. What needs to be birthed within you? What is your hope of your life becoming or doing? Is it to give hope? Is it to give love? Is it to give faith? What does our life stand for this morning? What is conceived within you? I might preach a sermon on that one of these Sundays. What do you need power for this Christmas in your life? Say this with me. I am powerful. I am 
And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found your favor with God. Verse 28, the Lord is with you. You are not alone this Christmas. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. And all of your goings in and your goings out, and some of us doctor's appointments and traveling experiences, know that the Lord is with you. And it's simply enough to entrust our lives into his hand. Matthew 1, 23 said this, you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As you walk through this Christmas season, know that Emmanuel is with you. It's hard for me sometimes to fathom some of the, the things that we get our lives all snowballed into, busyness, and then realize, hey, the Lord just wants to remind me that he's with me. This impacts each and every one of us. Later on in the, the story of uh, the, 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 uh, the angels coming to the shepherds, they said that this baby shall be born for all the people. I don't know about you, but I'm a people. Are you the people, any people here? It says the script, the story, the Christmas story is for all the people. For you and for me as we celebrate. The Lord is with you. It impacts our life. There was Joseph's willingness to stand with Mary. His willingness to stand with Mary because he knew the Lord was with him. Now, all of us are called to make stands in life. You know, in all of our lives, there is a red line. Some call it conviction. Some call it opinions. Some call it politics. Whatever you want to call it, there is a line that I believe that each one of us has. It's a line of conviction in our heart that we shall not take a, we cannot take a step over that line. This is what I believe. This is what I found is true. I want you to know this as truth. That you are not alone. I was always afraid of loneliness when I was growing up as a kid. Uh, there were times I would run to the basement and hide underneath the table. And I'd stay there for a couple hours because I was afraid somebody would find me. Mostly because I was guilty doing something that a parent's didn't like. But I don't hide. I was a good hider. I, I was a good hide-and-seek person. You want me on your team and playing hide-and-seek because I knew how to hide. You know, in real life, there really is no place to hide. There's no place to hide from people. We think there is. There's no, hide, no place to hide from the preacher. We think there might be. There's no place to hide from 
come by humble means into our life to live and yet to die that we might have eternal life. Lord, when we think of Christmas, we do think of gifts and toys. Most of all, we realize that it was you, the Son of God, coming down to be with us and to love us and to walk with us and make us overcomers and powerful people. Lord, I just pray this morning that the message of Christmas will be heard far and near in this place this morning. May we know.
these, and these will prepare us for the Christmas season and the Advent season that we share together for the next month. I want you to know that God is with us, and He's given us His Holy Spirit to produce life. Folks, we can produce life in this place. Amen? Through Christ. And I believe that. May His face shine Go worship the ways this morning. Know that God is good. In Jesus' name.